The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Well, you know, there's no official greeting for Ohatsu. It's like you can't say happy holidays or anything like that because there isn't. Uh, We are working uh, with the skeleton crew here on the sound, so I hope um, we can all uh, participate in this event. But it is Rohatsu, and it's also called in other Buddhist communities, Buddha Day. Uh, And it's the event commemorating the historical Buddhas uh, attaining enlightenment. In uh, some Buddhist communities, the uh, Enlightenment Day is celebrated close to the winter solstice, which is later in the month of December. And for other Buddhist communities, it's celebrated for the Chinese calendar, which is also probably late January, early February. And then there's Vesak, which is celebrated in in the spring, which celebrates both the Buddha's birth, his enlightenment and death. But Rohatsu, in the Japanese Zen tradition, means the eighth day of the 12th month. Now, there are many stories about the Buddha before he became the enlightened one. In his past lives, he was a deer, he was a tiger, he was a parrot, he was a quail. He was a woman, he was a thief and a murderer, and he even spent some time in hell. All these past lives, were the Buddha's way of having to learn compassion, compassion about saving all sentient beings. But tonight, we begin with a 29-year-old sheltered prince of the Shaka clan. Siddhartha was his name. His father tried to keep him from seeing suffering, sickness, death, and homelessness. The story is, is that Whenever the king and the prince would make a journey together, the father would send all his workers ahead to clear the streets so Siddhartha didn't have to see any of the suffering. But with the aid of a, of a, uh, of a servant, he did get out and witness sickness, death, and homelessness. He was so distressed that he decided to leave his palatial home and find out the truth about suffering. So he left and put himself uh, in charge, rather, put himself behind, not in charge, but put himself behind the teaching of the notable teachers of the time, seeking the truth of suffering. He found no relief in their teachings. So he became much more severe in his practice. He would go to very isolated places that held terror, places like the forest, deep forests, graveyards, places where dead bodies were left to decompose and to be eaten by vultures, fear-provoking places. In addition, it was said that he even limited his intake of food until till about one sesame seed per day. The end result was that he withered, his eyes sank into their eye sockets, his hair fell out, his ribs and every part of his bone structure stood out, 
six years of austere practice, and he was more dead than alive. This severe practice was a failure. No answers. Siddhartha was close to death, and the story goes that just as he was about to die, he had a memory of being as a child with his father and living in the land where things were quite prosperous and happy. And as the story goes, that's when a young girl from a valley of the village shows up with a bowl of rice milk, and she gives it to Siddhartha. And he makes a decision to live, so he drinks the rice milk. So he was, Siddhartha was traveling with some companions, and once they saw Siddhartha drink the rice milk, they said, well, I guess he's going back to his worldly ways, so they left him. Regaining some of his strength, he went into a nearby river and began to wash himself, wash away the six years of accumulated dearth and filth. After he had washed, he came out of, the, out of the shore, out of the bank onto the shore. And it is said that he said the following words. If this day is of my supreme enlightenment, may this bowl float upstream. He then threw the bowl into the, to the river where it made its way upstream and came to the palace of the Naga Black Snake King who lives at the bottom of the river. The Naga snakes in the uh, Indian uh, folklore were considered protectors, and they were cobras. So I don't know if any of you have seen cobras, but you know when they come up, their hoods stand out. So here, this bowl comes into the into the hit to the black snake's kingdom, and he hears clink, clink. Bowl would sit Arthur through ran into similar bowls of the same design. The Naga Black King said, Yesterday a Buddha arose. Today there shall be another Buddha. Sava, rejoice, awake. The snake king began to sing songs of reassurance. Siddhartha made his way to the Bodhi tree and sat, pressing forward in meditation, thoughts of every kind, mixed, mixed feelings, cries, pain, torment, Mara, the tormentor, had approached. And here he was sitting with all these thoughts and voices and feelings coming up and he sat. Finally, Mara, the tempter, came towards Siddhartha and assumed Siddhartha's voice, saying, are you sure you are the one? Supreme enlightenment, are you sure? According to the story, Siddhartha touches the earth and asks the earth to witness for him. There were a myriad of voices coming out of the earth and finally, in unison, they said, he is worthy. Mara and his army ran away, and Siddhartha pressed on during the night until he saw the morning star, and he found enlightenment. 
Siddhartha becomes Buddha. He cries out, wonders of wonders. Intrinsically, all living beings are Buddhas, endowed with wisdom and virtue. It was December 8th. He was 35 years old. The path was reopened. The Dharma was again once made accessible to all sentient beings. Now, enlightenment is a nice goal. But getting calm and being peaceful, there are good benefits to that. But Siddhartha wasn't looking for mindfulness and calm. So Siddhartha left his home and kept going into a practice that was all that almost killed him. He kept going to a place to see the morning star. For us tonight, we like the Buddha. We need to keep going. Antoine de Exupere, who was the author of The Little Prince in When, uh, The Little Prince in the book, uh, the wind, in Wind, uh, Sand, and Stars, wrote about a, a man who he was a, a male pilot who was very uh, admired and proud of. Exupere, wrote that this man survived the crash in the frozen heights of the Andy Mountains. He experienced frostbite and was beyond exhaustion. How did he survive? Except Ray wrote, what saves a man is to take a step and then another step. It's always the same step, but you have to take it. Zen practice is not just doing it, but it is steadiness. Consistency, commitment to taking another step. Rohatsu reveals our potential to do a determined work, taking a step and another step. But the story doesn't end there. After he had become enlightened, the Buddha doubted whether he could teach, doubted whether he was, whether there was something to teach at all. The legend says the God stepped in and reminded him of his own Bodhisattva vows to save all sentient beings. Mara, though defeated, tried one last time. He said, next to achieving enlightenment, enjoy it. Enjoy the blissful state. Buddha had to learn that as from his previous lives, he had to get up and practice. Dojin Zenji wrote, nothing is lost, it is already there. To study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to realize intimacy with all things. Practice is not just casting aside enlightenment. Practice is enlightenment. So we sit. Mara and his army will come to visit us tonight. And chances are, 
Mara and his armies have already come to you already. But we do have the earth to witness. The earth witness the teachings of men and women. Those who have gone before us, who are with us tonight. Those people, those ancestors are under our feet. Like the Buddha, he touched the earth and the earth witnessed to him. And so tonight, they'll witness for us.